Stay vigilant. What if the experts are wrong? What if quarantining the healthy doesn't actually save lives? What if wearing a mask in public is not effective? If you do not have a mask, you cannot ride public transportation, sir. My name is Dr. Jeff Barkey, and I'm here representing thousands of physicians across the country whose voices are being silenced because we don't agree with the mainstream media and the experts who are telling us what to do. Everything I've seen in the last nine days, all the things that just don't make sense, the patients I'm seeing in front of me, the lungs I'm trying to improve, have led me to believe that COVID-19 is not this disease and that we are operating under a medical paradigm that is untrue. Never in the history of this great republic have we quarantined the healthy. Never in the history of this great republic have we told churchgoers that it's illegal for you to exercise your First Amendment right to freedom of religion. Never in the history of this country have we been told that you can't go to church because it's not essential, but you can go get an abortion because that's essential. Never before in our country have we let criminals out of jail, but we've told you you can't exercise your Second Amendment right and protect yourself by purchasing a firearm. When liquor stores are deemed essential, but your businesses are deemed non-essential, there's something wrong going on. We called people's utilities this week and made them pay what could have been their last check to us to turn their lights on in a global health pandemic. But you don't care about that. You didn't want to meet. This booklet, the Declaration of Independence and in our U.S. Constitution, was never designed to restrain the people. It was designed to restrain the government. We're realizing that the fatality rate of this virus is in the ballpark of a bad seasonal influenza. Do not let your voices be silenced. We will see eventually that this government-imposed cure is going to be worse than the virus itself. But what's happening now is unemployment reaches 20 to 30 million people is those folks are now becoming dependent on the government. And what government dependency causes is a larger, more tyrannical government.
We the people want to put our government back in its place. We want a small representative government, not a large tyrannical government. I'm here representing thousands of physicians around the country whose voices must be heard. We've never seen where we quarantine the healthy, where you take those without disease and without symptoms and lock them in your home. So you guys are asking me to leave the store for not wearing a mask when I have a medical condition, even though yours is pulled under your nose. A note that says I don't have to bring a note, and yours isn't even on. Just do whatever you want to do. It's America, right? Listen, I cannot wear a mask. Get out. Do not let your voices be silenced. If you have felt crazy in these last months, if you feel alone because you're the one who doesn't want to wear a mask and you can't quite put to words why, and if you've been looking for something that you can share with your friends, your pastor, your priest, your bishop, about why we shouldn't be wearing a mask, why we shouldn't be covering our faces, this is the video for you. Good evening. It is Sunday night. Mike here, alone in studio. I had initially done this show with Kennedy Hall of the Fatima Center, who is the author of Terror of Demons, and YouTube took the video down. When YouTube does that, they don't exactly tell you why, and we can only conclude why. Um, unfortunately, I did not record a local copy, which I am recording a local copy tonight in the event that YouTube censors this video as well. But this week, I was censored not only on YouTube for opposing masks, but I was banned from Twitter for opposing the COVID-1984 vaccine. You know you're over the target when you are taking fire, and this is exactly what RTF was founded to do to bring you the truth. What I want to talk about tonight in 30 minutes or less is a comprehensive viewpoint on why we should not be covering our faces in the, in the face of COVID-1984. I will take one or two questions at the end because that is just a tradition that I do here during live streams. But the point of this video is something that is shareable that you can send, especially to your priests, the ones who are covering their faces as they offer Holy Mass to Almighty God. First, we have to start off with the psychology of communism, and I can think of no better person to do that than Father Chad Ripperger. But they can also, when a person reads things or looks at certain things, they can put a commentary, that is, they can put his perspective on it, to affect the person's input of information. In more extreme cases of obsession, possession, and oppression, they will actually block the person from coming to knowledge about the truth. And the reason being is, is because once the person recognizes the truth of a situation, the demons hold, because demons, their hold on us is in large part in connected to error. That is, we have an erroneous understanding of something, and once we come to the truth and the knowledge of that, then we are freed from their grip. And so this means that the demons want to control what people know in order to control their behavior. Um, this, they only want to allow information which promotes their viewpoint. They manipulate the images and the talking points that we experience. The exact same thing is true in relationship to communists. 
they try to control all the sources of knowledge, then even in those that aren't under their control uh, directly, then they will try to block them so that people can't get access to alternative forms of news or information. They will also, uh, whenever the image is presented on the mainstream media of a particular event, you see this very often with certain news media outlets, they will have, they will show pictures, pictures of the rioting. They will literally show in the background buildings burning, but then they'll say it's largely a peaceful protest. So there's this constant manipulation of the perspective or the image in relationship to it. In the end, they just want to control the information that people have. So I don't know how you listen to Father Chad Ripperger discuss the psychology of communism and how demons employ the exact same psychology and not conclude that we are living in a communist state in these United States. Not just because guys like me get censored on YouTube, not just because they kick us off of Twitter, but because the powers that be, including the Episcopate and the USCCB, are trying to compel you to live in a false reality. So the first viewpoint that we have to discuss tonight is objective reality. Has Descartes won? That's the question. Descartes was the first person to tell you he's the godfather of, com of, of, of communism, true, but of modernism in general because he was the guy who told you that you cannot believe your senses. We are human beings designed to taste touch, feel, smell, and hear the world around us. We use our five senses to discern what objective reality is. He tells you that you have to deny your senses, that your senses cannot tell you what reality is, and you have to you have to disbelieve exactly what is in front of your eyes. As Father Ripperger said, if, if you see burning buildings behind a protest and the media tells you it's mostly peaceful, you're supposed to buy into the lie that it is mostly peaceful. As, it, as that... Uh, psychology is applied to COVID-1984, we know that is a 99.96% survivability rate of COVID-1984, and yet the news media is telling you every single day that you're going to die of it. And now the archbishop of your uh, archdiocese or the bishop of your diocese is more obsessed with epidemiology and virology than he is of spirituality and sacramentology. And so he's the one who, who has decided it is his job to keep you alive at all costs because God forbid your soul departs from your body. That's the definition of death when your soul and your body are separated from each other, uh, which is going to happen to all of us. So the first thing is living in reality. We know that COVID-1984 doesn't kill that many people. We know objectively, if you look at the total number of people who have died in the United States year over year, this is out on Twitter, this is publicly available information, there are less deaths in 2020 than there were in 2019, 2018, 2017, 2016. If we were indeed in a pandemic, a pandemic that justified the lockdowns that we have lived through, the shattering of families and businesses the depression, the suicide rates, the domestic violence, and the unemployment. If this pandemic were that deadly, we would see a, a spike in deaths. What we see is that nobody gets the flu because anybody exhibiting flu symptoms are counted as COVID deaths, and even those numbers cannot be relied upon because the total deaths in the United States are not growing. Dr. Fauci said, he said it in March, he said it in April, do not wear a mask. The mask does not work. We know that, especially the cloth mask that everybody is wearing these days, they're sort of like a chain link fence trying to keep out 
mosquitoes. How effective do you think that's going to be? And people say, oh, well, it's going to stop the droplets. Nobody knows exactly how communicable this virus is. People in some families are bringing the virus home into the family. Their family's taking care of them, and they don't even communicate the virus. So is it the droplets? We don't really know. But wearing the mask has, has empirically been proven not to help you Protect yourself from the virus. People who wear masks get the virus all the time. Is it coming in your eyes, nose, ears, throat? I don't know. Um, What I do know is that it's not a deadly virus. It is very similar to the flu. Uh, The Spanish flu was much deadlier. The word pandemic, in fact, has been devoid of its meaning. When I did the the interview with Pam Acker, who wrote the book Vaccinations, a Catholic Perspective, which is put out by the Kobe Center, She said that the word pandemic used to be applied to a communicable disease, a pathogen that has a mortality rate of 8%. This COVID-1984 virus has a a mortality rate of less than one-tenth of 1%. Yes, the elderly and those who are vulnerable to the flu will die from this uh, in some cases. Yes, absolutely. I don't deny that. I don't deny that there is a pathogen. I don't deny that there is a virus. What I do deny is that the virus is going to kill you if you go to mass. How does it not kill you if you go to a casino, if you go to Walmart, if you go to Best Buy, if you go to a shopping mall? How does it not kill you if you can go out to eat, but you can't go to mass? If you're a shepherd of souls, if you are one of the bishops who is charged with our care, you need to ask yourself these questions. What I'm going to cover in the next 10 minutes are living in objective reality, the psychology of the mass uh, of the mask, the detriment to the development of children, the spirituality of the mask, the harm it can bring to the community, and the exaggerated fear of death. Dr. Fauci said, don't wear a mask. And this is because he knew back then that it doesn't do anything. Did you know that Dr. Fauci wrote once wrote a a peer-reviewed paper about the Spanish flu in which he argued that mass mask wearing caused more deaths than the Spanish flu. It caused people to get uh, infections in their throat, strep in their throat, and that was more deadly to people than the Spanish flu itself. That's what he argued in his paper. All right, let's go to living in reality. What they want you to do, what Father Ripperger, what what you heard him say, is they will they want you to live in a fake reality. They want you to accept something that is false. The bishops want you to do it. They've bought into it. They've been bribed. If you if you don't believe me, check out my video in which I argue that the bishops were willing to shut down the Catholic Church for a three and a half billion dollar bribe that they took. They took a three and a half billion dollar bailout from the federal government in order to comply with COVID nineteen eighty four. And they're still on board with it. Ladies and gentlemen, as I broadcast to you tonight live from the heart of America in the Restoring the Faith Media YouTube studio, Italy has just announced that they're locking down on Christmas Eve and opening up after Epiphany. How convenient is that? France and England are considering the same thing. They're telling you that there's an even more communicable strain of this COVID-1984. It's constant fear. It's diabolical inversion of reality, and they are constantly trying to invest themselves in your imaginations and pervert the imagery that your five senses are telling you. You don't know anybody who's died from the virus, or if you do, they were in a nursing home or otherwise had an immunity, uh, an immunocompromised state. And yet they're telling you on TV that so many people are dying. 250,000, 300,000 people in the United States have died. I know a family 
In Tulsa, Oklahoma, the, the father of the family died in a car accident. He had life insurance, so his family should have been covered. But they tested his dead body for COVID-1984. They found that he was positive, and the life insurance company denied him the benefits that he rightly received. That mother, who now has multiple children at home, is wondering what she's going to do. She's a stay-at-home mom. There's a good, traditional Catholic family, and their life insurance company is hiding behind COVID-1984. Everybody is taking advantage of this. They have weaponized COVID-1984 to deprive you of your life and livelihood. Amazon, Walmart, and the big tech are all having record profits. Even Goldman Sachs had record profits this last year. But your local restaurant owners, your local small business owners are out of work and dependent on the government. And now they want universal basic income. So we know that COVID-1984 is a big scam and that wearing the mask doesn't actually help you. What about the health benefits of wearing the mask? What about the health benefits, your excellency, of depriving your brain of 20% of the oxygen that it needs. How can this be good? What about the the saying physiologically, God created the face, which is the image and likeness of God. My elbow isn't the image and likeness of God. My wrist isn't the image and likeness of God. My voice isn't even the image and likeness of God. The image and likeness of God, the magnificence of the human person resides in the face. I talk a lot about the face, and when I get to the end of this program, I'm going to be telling you what the antidote is, but here's a hint. It is the holy face of our Lord Jesus Christ. Living in reality. There is a 21st century war for your mind. We are in a, we are in a global war. We are in a civil war. It's just not a kinetic war. We're no longer in a war in which two uniformed uh, uh, groups, nation-states, are battling for a piece of dirt. We are in a war in which the haves versus the have-nots, and the haves are in a war for your mind. For your mind. They are trying to take your mind. And the visible outward sign of your compliance with this false reality is whether or not you are wearing a mask on your face. Think about this. Let's get into the spirituality of the mask very quickly. What is a sacrament, ladies and gentlemen? You know this from your catechism class. A sacrament is an outward sign of grace. It is an outward sign, so it has a form and a matter and an intention. One can't help but wondering, is the face mask the sacrament of the COVID religion? Is the face mask the sacrament of the naturalist scientism that our bishops Our priests, our deacons, and the Karens at our church have fallen into. It is a visible outward sign of the virtue that they intend to signal, isn't it? And that truly is the grace of the COVID religion, is virtue signaling. It's saying, I care about your grandmother. Don't you care about your grandmother? That is what the mask represents. It represents a sacrament. Let's go a little bit deeper into the spirituality, shall we? It is, at best... At best, a neo-pagan religion. It is a symbol of a neo-pagan religion. But at its worst, and you know this, you've seen pictures of this, they want you six feet social distance, six by six by six. It is used in occult rituals. Every occult ritual that is out there, it is 
conducted with a mask. If you want to uh, rob a bank, you wear a mask. If you rob somebody's house, if you commit a violent crime, very often you are obscuring your face, which is your image and likeness of God. You are hiding yourself in shame. You wear a mask. To conduct a violent coup, you wear a mask. When you are an executioner, you wear a mask. So if you, Mr. Bishop... Your Excellency, if you want me to wear a mask in church, what you are saying at best is you want me to participate in a pagan ritual, a pagan sacrament of scientism, of naturalism. And at worst, you want me to do something much, much worse than that. All right, let's get into the psychology of the mask, shall we? And the harm that it brings to the community. The psychology of the mask is an outward symbol of compliance. It demonstrates to the world that you are willing to live in the surreality that others have created for themselves. If you know somebody who has a mental disorder and they force you and compel you to live in that disorder with them, you are a codependent. You are part of their mental disorder. And if that mental disorder includes them demanding that you use a certain name or pronoun that God hasn't given to that person and you comply, you you don't, just because somebody has a mental disorder doesn't mean you have to live in that mental disorder. But when you do, the psychology is, is to break down your mind. It's a control for your mind. And when you comply, when you say, yes, I will be part of that. I will live in your, in your false reality. I will live in your dystopian surreality with you. I will pretend that up is down and down is up and true is false and false is true. I will believe what you want me to believe. It breaks down the barriers of your mental processing and what St. Thomas calls your cogitative power. This is a battle for your intellect and your will. Your intellect and your will are what set you apart from the beasts. Intellect plus will equals soul. Your soul is your intellect and your will. God is pure spirit. He's pure intellect and will. Angels are pure spirit. They are pure intellect and pure will. What they're trying to do is corrupt your intellect and, and subvert your will. They're trying to cause you to sin. It is a sin to deny objective reality. It is a sin to comply with evil. And what we're dealing with here is clearly evil. We know that. We established that up front. Did you know that the World Health Organization used to define social distancing as torture? They've taken it off their website. What, did you know that the World Health Organization used to define obscuring your face, depriving you of human interaction, terrorizing you constantly, keeping you in fear as torture? Recently, I drove across 15 or 16 states in the last 30 days. I had a couple long road trips, and it was fantastic to see a whole bunch of America that I haven't been able to drive through before. But do you know what every single state had in common? Road signs saying, mask up. Arrive alive, and then wear your mask. Don't forget your mask. Everybody mask up. This is psychological terrorism. They're committing psychological terrorism against you. They are trying to corrupt your mind. They are trying to subvert your will and corrupt your intellect. That is your soul, ladies and gentlemen. This is a battle for your soul. Some people in the political world are often uh, fond of saying, this is an election for the battle of the soul of America, whatever the soul of America is, whatever that means. 
whether or not you comply with this surreality of COVID-1984, this is a battle for your soul because it is your intellect and your will. That's just a psychology for adults. How about the, how about the developmental harm for, for children? Did you know that the, before the Jesuits were one of the greatest forces for evil on the planet, back when they did a lot of good, back when the Jesuits were the, uh, the Marine Corps of the Catholic Church, when they were bringing souls to Christ, baptizing them, and back before they had lisps, let's say, did you know that the Jesuits knew that they could catechize a child in his first four years of life? They used to say, give me your child for the first four years, and I will give you a lifelong Catholic. And I think there's a lot of truth to that. There's a ton of truth to that, because the developmental aspect of the children's imaginations, the images that they see are what form and ground them in reality. They have context of the reality around them from the images that they see. This is why in a lot of RTF podcasts, I talk a lot about surrounding your children with beauty up front so that they have a grounding in what is objectively beautiful so that later in life when they see what is ugly, they know that this is not in accord with what I know to be beautiful. In fact, it's discord. It's discordant. If you don't have a sense of the faith, if you haven't been given a sense of the faith up front, you don't know what is in discord with that sense of the faith. And this is something that the Jesuits understood in the 15th, 16th, 17th century. Today, when children are constantly tormented and forced to live in fear, in fear that they might get a virus that has killed not one child in the United States, not one. Zero children in the United States have died of COVID-1984. Did you know that? This is, a, this is a statistic that they don't really talk about that much. And yet, you have public schools that are shut down because it is about fear and control. It's about fear. When you are a young child, when you are two years old, three years old, and you are terrorized, did you see the two-year-old that got kicked off of the airplane? United Airlines grounded a flight, kicked a family off because the two-year-old kept pulling down his mask and the parents were trying to comply. They were attempting to comply with COVID-1984 dystopia and the two-year-old pulled down his mask too often. They grounded the flight and kicked them off. Now they're on the no-fly list. That two-year-old is traumatized for life. What do you think that two-year-old thinks about the mask, about the virus, about traveling, about airplanes, about adults? Let's go further. How does a child contextualize exactly what human emotions are supposed to be if they can't see your face? They can't see you smile. They can't see you frown. They don't understand what human interaction is. What is the definition of somebody who is detached from all human emotion and who has no interaction with people? A sociopath, ladies and gentlemen. They are trying to create a generation of sociopaths. Because these children cannot contextualize what they see. They can't see the faces of adults. And so they're not learning empathy, emotion, love, anger, forgiveness. 
The development of children is being stymied right now. I weep with the thought of what the next generation of children are going to look like having formed their imagination, which the Jesuits a couple centuries ago told you was so important to two and three and four-year-olds, having formed that imagination for the last year in 2020, not being able to see the smile of their mother's face. Let's say you're a mother who has a newborn. You're a mother in a hospital with a newborn baby. The newborn is deprived now of the smile of his mother's face. The newborn is deprived of the mother's breath. The newborn is deprived of the skin-to-skin contact that he so desperately needs with his mother, forming the initial bond with his parents. They may not be opening our houses to take our children away yet, like they've done in New Zealand, like they're doing in Australia, like they've done in other parts of Europe and North Africa. They may not be doing the contact tracing yet, like they're doing in Asia, where they come into your house and take your children away. But ask yourself, do they really need to do that? Do they really need to come in and take your children away when they have severed the bond from parent and child? Isn't this one of the insidious goals of the Great Reset and the New World Order to deprive children of their parental bond and their and 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 their um, bond with their parents? That's developmental. Let's talk about the legality for a second. Can we just talk about the legality? Because these these mandates, a mandate has no basis in law. Okay, a mandate is not found in the Constitution. The word mandate doesn't exist anywhere. For all of you MAGA types and the Republicans and constitutionalists out there who are pro-lockdown, who are pro-mask, who are pro-1984 COVID, you've got some real explaining to do in how you're going to and how you're going to uh, create yeah, yeah, these two ideas side by side. You you really must believe that truth and error can coexist with each other in harmony. Because I got to tell you, there is no law, there is no way that your state governor can tell your bishop to shut down mass. But here's what's so sad about these bishops, these naturalists. They don't believe in the supernatural. They don't believe in the afterlife. And they sure as heck don't believe in the efficacy of sacraments. A sacrament communicates actual grace from God into your soul. It is the primary means that God has designed for grace to be in your soul. And these bishops don't even believe in that. Why? Because they were so willing to comply and shut down and deprive you of the grace of God through illegal mandates. Illegal mandates. I don't know about you and where you live, but my county-level health official who shuts down grocery stores regularly, who makes all these unconstitutional mandates, I don't even know who this person is. Well, I do because I researched it. I never voted for this person. This person never stood election. This person was appointed by a committee of county commissioners of whom I only get to vote for one. It's so far removed from the so-called democracy, from the so-called land of the free and home of the brave that we like to pretend that we live in. It's a joke. It's a joke. You have the deep state telling you what to do, where you can shop, what you can buy. And in some places in the world, they are confiscating contraband from your purses, from your backpacks. 
You're not allowed to buy certain things because that is a sign of freedom that they have to shut down. I see someone commenting, Viva Cristo Rey. Amen and God bless you. Viva Cristo Rey. It's coming soon. We've talked about a lot of things. I want to get into the exaggerated fear of death and the harms to the community. Let's start with the community. Kennedy Hall, who couldn't join us tonight but was on the initial stream that YouTube deleted, talked about a story in his very parish. He was going to one of these uh, diocesan TLMs, and the diocesan TLM, of course, falls under the jurisdiction of the ordinary of that diocese, and the mask mandate came out. And of course, for some reason, for some reason that we really can't explain, traditional Catholics reject out of hand this whole this whole mask covidian nonsense. We just do. Why do we do that? Because we live in reality and we believe in the sacraments. Why do we believe in the sacraments? Because we have the authentic faith. We're taught the authentic faith. You can look at the polls, look at the Catholic polls that have come out where it talks about Novus Ordo Catholics, by and large, four out of five, don't even believe in the real presence. If you don't believe in the real presence, what are you doing? Why are you going to Mass? Why are you receiving communion? What do you actually think is happening up there on the altar? 99% of TLMers do believe. So maybe there's a, co- there's a correlation between living in reality and living a sacramental life. I don't know. I'm just speculating. But for some reason, it's the traditional communities that don't want to wear the mask because they see through it. They don't believe the mainstream media. They live in reality. And, um, and, and they reject communist psychology, which is what we're living through. But you're talking about a TLM parish, Kennedy Hall, author of Terror of Demons and Family Be Damned. He goes to this parish and the mandate comes down and the priest says, look, I got to get some of you guys to wear the mask. So if you do just, you know, to, 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 to make good and to, and to purportedly show obedience to the bishop, then the next Sunday, it's not enough. I need more of you to wear masks. Then the next Sunday, I, want, I need more of you to wear a mask. Then finally, it comes down. I need 100% of you to wear a mask because we're under the microscope and the bishop is going to shut us down. Well, some people are tough-minded. Some people are tender-minded. The tender-minded people, they're going to wear a mask. They're going to comply. They're going to do whatever to, to, to go along to get along. But the tough-minded people, the stuff saints are made of. The saints in that parish said, I cannot abide. I cannot live in a surreality. I cannot pretend that COVID-1984 is something that it's not. I cannot pretend that a mask is going to protect me from the flu. I cannot pretend that wearing a mask for two hours during a high mass isn't going to deprive my body of the oxygen that it needs and force me to breathe in human waste. I cannot pretend that this cloth, this piece of cloth that I keep in my pocket, that I rarely wash, that I, that I wear often, isn't full of bacteria and, and germs and going to give me strep throat, and that, and, and that alone is harmful for my health. I cannot pretend these things, and so no, Father, no, Your Excellency, I will not present myself to the holy sacrifice of the Mass covering the magnificence of the human face. My image and likeness of God. No, I have a supernatural faith. I know exactly what is happening at Mass, and I know that you have no right to compel me to wear a mask. Well, guess what happened to the parish? It gets shut down. 
It gets shut down because too many people didn't wear a mask. What happens to that community, ladies and gentlemen? What happens to a community that gets shut down? Now, all of a sudden, there's finger pointing. There's discord in the community. There's strife. And that is exactly what communists seek to do. They want to turn you against each other. They want circular firing squads. They want you blaming your neighbor. They want you turning against your fellow parishioner and saying, we could have had the mask, but because of you, it's shut down. That is a grand slam for the communists. Because if we are focused on fighting with each other, look, Michael Matt talks all the time about uniting the clans. I don't even know if he knows what that, what that means. Here's what I mean. All of us should be united, not only against the communist forces that are trying to take over our lives, enslave us, and ultimately sterilize us to end humanity, but we need to be, we need to be united with every single TLMer in our communities. I don't care which clan you're in. I don't care which flavor of Catholic you are. I, if, look, if you're Novus Ordo and you're conservative, if you're a John Paul II Catholic, fine. Get on, if, and you're anti-mask, welcome to the party, bud. You are with us, and I stand with you. They want us turning our guns on each other. They want us blaming each other because guess who they're not blaming? They're not blaming the bishop. The bishop walks scot-free in that situation. The bishop is the person who placed the illegal mask mandate on the parishioners to begin with. And now the parishioners are in a circular firing squad blaming each other, blaming each other rather than rightfully looking at his excellency and saying, you are in error. Let me correct you. Your excellency, we cannot wear a mask. It's detrimental to our health. It doesn't actually work. It forces us to live a communist psychology. It compels us to deny our five senses and live in a surreality. It forces us into this period of discord. It's a false spirituality. It's, it's, a, it's a sign of neo-paganism. No, your excellency, we can't do this. Think about the seclusion of the elderly. I thought about loading that video. You've seen the video of the old lady in the, in the nursing home, and she's behind the glass, and she, she probably has, she's probably losing it a little bit, and it looks like her son or grandson is visiting her, and she's tapping on the glass as she doesn't understand. The door is locked, and she's trying to get to him. She's tapping on the glass as she's saying, open the door, open the door. That woman is probably going to die by herself. That woman is going to die in a glass jail. That woman maybe can see, she, and she's holding a frame of her and her son, and she's holding up the frame, and she's tapping on the glass. This is psychological torture. It's evil. It is the height of evil. We cannot comply with this, ladies and gentlemen. That is not Catholic. There's nothing Catholic about that. Did you see the nurse, one of the most viral tweets of 2020, the nurse who virtue signals on Twitter and she says, uh, your, your, uh, your relative died in the hospital today and you couldn't go see him, but I was there and I held your relative's hand. I hold the hands of the dying so that they don't die alone. This is a thankless job. I'm behind enemy lines. I have to wear the mask. I could die from the virus. You're, I don't want to die with some feminist woman that I don't even know, some stranger holding my hand. God willing, I will die holding my wife's hand. And if she's already gone to her eternal reward, I will die with my children around me praying the rosary. 
I will not depart this world. Or if the crown of martyrdom finds me, then I will die defending the faith. But I will not die holding the hand of some stranger, some nurse who is virtue signaling on Twitter, telling us how awful COVID-1984 is. The seclusion of the elderly is really sick. The virtue signaling is really sick. The, the, the uptick in bankruptcy and suicides and domestic violence and depression. There are people dying of heart attacks, ladies and gentlemen, inside their houses from stress because they've lost their small business and they're too afraid to go to the hospital because they think they're going to catch COVID-1984 at the hospital. The cardiac arrests in this country are through the roof. This is something that a lot of people can survive if you can get to a hospital. But there is a deterrence now to going to hospital because of the 99.996 survivability rate of COVID-1984. Think back to what Father Ripperger told you. What demons seek to do is pervert your will and darken your intellect. That is your soul, to lead your soul to sin. Your soul is intellect plus will. They attack both of those things using the imagery in your imagination. And they do that by repeating lies to you. They repeat and repeat and repeat and repeat until you break down. They want to break your psychology down so that you accept the lie. That is what the mainstream media is doing. That's what Fox News is doing. That is what your bishops are doing. Your Excellency, if you are watching this show, take the mask off. Live in reality. Be a man and be a martyr. That is my message to my bishop. That is my message to any priest or bishop that this video gets shared to. Think of those with leprosy. Do you remember the stories in the gospel? How were the people with leprosy treated? They were, they were socialist distanced from everyone else. They were presumed to be guilty of some sin that caused the deformation of their body. It was presumed that the deformation of their body was an outward reflection of their inner spiritual life. They were ostracized, they were rejected, and they were quarantined. Never before in history have we quarantined the healthy, all of the healthy, but the, but the, the leprosies were quarantined. And who touched them? Who touched the quarantined? Who touched the untouchables? Our Lord did. Now contrast that with these lispy, effeminate priests who are too afraid to administer last rites to the dying in hospital. Or they come in wearing a spacesuit and they sort of squirt the oils, say the prayers from afar. Our Lord took care of the leprosy. And many of the saints, you've heard the story of some of the saints who would, were, they were so ashamed of themselves for being appalled by those with leprosy that they literally took the bowl full of water with the rags that were used to wash the, the bodies of the infirmed and they drank the water as a penance to Almighty God. I am so sorry that I was appalled and sickened by these human souls. 
We're talking about souls, ladies and gentlemen. We're talking about souls who are in hospital. Priests are afraid to baptize babies because newborn babies might carry a pathogen that has a 99.996% survivability. They won't marry young couples. Think about what happens when you're 25 years old and you're in love and you can't get married. Do you th- how long do you think you can stay out of sin? Families are not invited to ordinations. Ordinations have to happen basically in secret, underground. What are we, in the catacombs? We're living in a fake reality, ladies and gentlemen. We're living in a dystopian... But I, where, where's, Gov, where, where's Emperor Diocletian? Who, are, who is setting Christians on fire right now? Where are the mass persecutions? The persecutions of Christians are happening by Christians. This is a self-inflicted gunshot wound. We're doing it to ourselves. And it starts with the mask. It starts with complying with this false reality of the mask. I want to wrap up here with two points. Firstly, if you cannot oppose the mask, how can you oppose the vaccine? Look, I did a groundbreaking interview with Pam Acker, author of Vaccinations, a Catholic Perspective, put out by Hugh Owen and the Colby Center. It's been shared far and wide. It's one of the best performing videos ever. I can't believe YouTube hasn't taken it down yet. That poison is designed to destroy your body and possibly to destroy humanity. That poisonous vaccine will sterilize you at best. If you can't stand up to the mask, how can you stand up to the vaccine? I said this over the summer. I've been saying it for weeks on the rundown with Steve Cunningham at Census Fidelium. We have been telling you, we've been like the lone voice in the desert. Finally, other professional Catholics are getting on board and they're saying, we're not going to mask. It's all a false reality. That's great. I don't have a patent on this idea. If anybody has a patent on the idea, Father Ripperger has a patent on the idea. We need to stand up. We need to unmask. The best way to do that is in is en masse. It does nobody any good if you walk into Costco without a mask on and they escort you out and that's it. But if, if you and 20 of your buddies go into a gas station unmasked, that starts to change things. That's how you affect change. We as Catholics have to band together. I don't care which parish you go to. I don't care if you're SSPX or Institute of Christ the King or Fraternity or, or, or Canons Regular of, of this, that, or the other. If you go to Mass, if you're a Catholic man... I stand with you, and we need to take our masks off and walk in together and stand against tyranny. Because if you die for objective reality, then you are dying for the Logos. You are dying for Christ. I highly recommend that you read the first few chapters of Logos Rising put out by E. Michael Jones so that you can understand exactly. You know, John's gospel is read. There's a reason why John's gospel is read at the end of every single mass. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. 
but the word that he uses, that John used in the Greek, is logos. And that word has a much more powerful meaning, ladies and gentlemen, than just the truth. It is the objective reality that created the universe and governs it. That word is packed full of information. you got to unpack that word. And if you die for the Logos, you die for Christ. And in my opinion, that is a martyrdom. But we can't just take it upon ourselves. And this is my final point before I take one or two questions. If I have any mods in the chat right now, uh, cue up the best ones, please, if you would. The final point your Excellency, Father, Reverend Father, if you're watching. Since when are Catholics afraid of death? Since when are Catholics so afraid of death that they would deprive themselves of the sacraments of God? Since when are you so afraid of your soul departing your body that you want your soul to be devoid of of the grace of God communicated in his seven sacraments that he instituted when he was on earth, the second person of the most holy trinity. Look, I'm not saying that martyrdom is for everybody. I'm not saying that everyone needs to rush out and seek martyrdom because that is actually not Catholic. We're not supposed to seek it. We can't. Martyrdom is a special grace given by God as a crown that he gives to his elect. He doesn't give it to everybody. I don't know if he's going to give it to me. I don't know if he's going to give it to you. You can't stand out on a street corner and hope to be hit by a bus and call that martyrdom. No. You can't run into the Costco by yourself without a mask on and get arrested to, to prove a point, to make a political point so that you can get on YouTube. No, that's not martyrdom. In a way, it's white martyrdom. It's, 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 it's the small martyrdoms that we're living through, but you can't go and seek it out. True martyrdom comes to you, and it's a special grace given to you by Almighty God. What we need to do is pray that we have the fortitude to accept it. If Almighty God, in his wisdom, deigns to grant us that special crown, may we please have the fortitude. And how do you cultivate fortitude? I've got a whole video about the four cardinal virtues, the sub-virtues of those cardinal virtues, the, the, the lack of masculinity that we have. Masculinity isn't about growing beards. Or lifting heavy things. Those things are important. But masculinity is about fortitude. It's about standing for truth. It's about discomfort. It's not comfortable having confrontation. It's not comfortable telling someone, no, I'm not wearing a mask because this is fake. It's not comfortable being escorted out of, the, out of an establishment. I know from firsthand experience, it's not comfortable. I don't like it. But that's what we need, ladies and gentlemen. We need fortitude. We need men. So my final point is that if you have an exaggerated fear of death, if you have an exaggerated and pronounced despair and horror at the thought of suffering, then you need to look yourself in the mirror and ask, you, ask yourself if you're really Catholic. If you're really Catholic... Because if you have a horror of discomfort, if you believe that you were put on this earth to be happy and comfortable, you know what I tell my boys? You were not made for comfy. You were made for glory. And you, Father, you took, higher, you took a higher calling than I did. I'm in the married life. You're a celibate. You have a higher state in life than I do, Father. 
You have a higher state in life, and therefore you have a more pronounced obligation to exhibit the virtues, especially the virtue of fortitude, Father. So if you're a lispy little limp-wristed priest who doesn't want to administer the sacraments because you're afraid of catching a cold, how dare you? I would hate to be at your particular judgment. And if you're the priest who wants to shut down Mass because your parishioners choose to live in reality and say, no, actually, you don't have the authority to tell me I have to wear a mask. Now let's talk about the face. Let's talk about the holy face. This is a devotion that was given to us. I've talked about it a lot. And I have an announcement about the holy face, too. The holy face is a devotion given to us by our Lord in the 1800s. It is the only Catholic devotion ever given to us from heaven that specifically says it is oriented against communism. It says the word communism. No other devotion promises that. No other devotion promises to defeat communism. Do you think that it is a coincidence that they want you to mask your face and our Lord in his adorable face says, Show us thy face, O Lord, and we will be saved. Do you think it's a coincidence that they want the image and likeness of God obscured when our Lord promises that he who keeps this beautiful devotion, when he reaches his particular judgment, will not have to present his face, which is disfigured by sin, to Almighty God, but instead of his face, first person of the blessed holy trinity god the father will gaze upon the second person of the blessed trinity god the son the most adorable face that he loves so much i am afraid to present my face to almighty god in my particular judgment but i am i have holy confidence in the idea that instead of my face i can show almighty god our Lord's face. We are talking about faces. I've done a whole series about the magnificence of the face. There's Father Anonymous with the FSSP has put out three different missives, and I expect a fourth one soon. On the importance of the human face, check out my interview with Father Lawrence Carney of the Martinians. He is an apostle of the Holy Face, and I hope someday to be counted as an apostle of the Holy Face devotion as well. But the announcement that I have to you tonight, before I take your one or two questions, is the Holy Face devotion book. It's back in print, ladies and gentlemen. They've got copies. They've done another run. The young men who have, who have been bounding these things and, and uh, cutting the leather and sewing it together, stamping it with the mark of Our Lady, they have, uh, I, I don't know how many copies. I know it's more than 100, and I know that I have been allowed now to tell you. Look, this is not an Amazon fulfillment center, okay? So don't send any hate mail to Father Carney or to the Martinians or to any of the, these people who are fulfilling these orders. But they are on sale. They're $35. It is the, uh, the manual, the official manual, uh, published in 1887 of the Arch Confraternity of the Holy Face of Jesus. It is invested with the dignity, the full dignity of an arch confraternity, having been invested such by 
his uh, His Holiness Pope Leo the Thirteenth. So this is a legitimate devotion in the Catholic Church. It was given to us by our Lord to a nun. You need to read about it. I definitely recommend the Holy Man of Tours and the Golden Arrow. I think both of them are put out by Tan Books. I know for sure Golden Arrow is put out by Tan Books. You can use my discount code on Tan Books RTF ten. To save 10% on anything you buy, go to tanbooks.com to buy the Golden Arrow if you want to. But certainly go to martinians.org to find this incredible manual. Um, The Holy Face is going to save us from the communists. I don't know if now is the time or maybe it's it's in 100 years. But I do know that it was promised that that would be so. And I believe it with all of my heart. And I want as many of you to partake in this beautiful devotion as possible. Father... Your Excellency, if you don't have an enthroned image of the Holy Face, you should look into it. Get yourself enrolled in the confraternity, the Arch Confraternity of the Holy Face. Start spreading the devotion of the Arch Confraternity of the Holy Face to your parish, to your diocese. It came to us from the Archdiocese of Tours, France, which is why St. Martin of Tours is one of the uh, saints of this devotion. King St. Louis IX is one of the saints, patron saints of this devotion. Why? Because he was so serious about preventing blasphemy that he would rip your tongue out if you blasphemed. How about that? That's medieval justice for you. Try blaspheming again without a tongue. Uh, Another uh, uh, patron saint of the Arch Confraternity of the Holy Face is the Little Flower. In fact, there's a beautiful image of her holding the book open. She's holding open the manual to this page with this image Over my shoulder here, this image of our Lord, his face, his real face. Show us thy face, O Lord, and we will be saved. Go to martinians.org. You can find uh, the the book for sale. It's $35. I'm going to take a couple questions if there are some good ones. If not, that's fine. I want to keep this video very, very short. Um, But you can check out my Holy Face playlist which I'm going to try to link to at the end of this video so that you can see more about the Holy Face and how that is going to help us defeat these communists. Okay, let's see what do you guys got out there. Uh, amen, Mike, my little flower. Yes, my little flower. If, if it, look, if it's good enough for the little flower, it's good enough for me. You know, that, that's, kind of where I, that's kind of where I land on it. Uh, Mike, where can we find the image of St. Therese? Actually, there's a website, and I can't think of it right now, but if you just Google the uh, devotion of the Holy Face, there's a, there's a beautiful website. It's got high-res images of the Holy Face, uh, not just the one that I showed you, but there are different variants. It's got images of our Lord's face from the Holy Shroud as well, and there is an image of St. Therese holding open that image. I think I even put it out as a meme once, um, maybe a couple months ago. I'll try to find it and dig it out and, and send it back out. Diane asks, where can we get a copy of that image? Uh, same place. You can you can find it online. You can just Google, uh, Google search for Holy Face 1887 um, because that's the official uh, Holy Face image from the manual, from the 1887 manual of the Arch Confraternity of the Holy Face. I, I don't have the site in front of me. I'm so sorry. I wish I could give it to you. I knew, I knew you guys were going to ask. Uh, Veronica is a great story, says Mimi. That is true. Veronica means, actually comes from two words that mean uh, veritas for truth and icon for image. So there, uh, her name, the, the woman, the young lady who actually approached our Lord and took his, his face, his, the image of his face, which is what I was just showing you, the actual true image of his face. 
the image of St. Veronica, which is, I think, the, uh, I think it's the 11th station of the cross. I, I'm not sure. Maybe it's the 9th. I always get that confused. But the image of Veronica, her name's not actually Veronica. She's called St. Veronica, but that's not even her name. That's a name that's created because it's true image. How beautiful is that? Veritas, an icon. Um, yeah, that is a great story. Thank you, Mike. God bless you. I posted three questions earlier. Should I repeat them? Yeah, uh, please do, Eli, because I'm running out of time. I want to keep this short and shareable. What I've noticed is that if these things go past an hour, which is why I'm talking so fast, then people don't share them. They don't want to start them. They don't want to, they don't want to invest themselves in an hour, and I get that. So I'm trying to keep this as short and sweet as possible so that people can share this information. Christina says, how do I make and promote the devotion in my parish? First of all, find my playlist. I talk about, there's one video about the nine promises associated with the Holy Face. There's one video that talks about the Arch Confraternity of the Holy Face. There's the interview with Father Carney where he comes live here in studio, talks about the Holy Face. Familiarize yourself with that stuff. Get the Golden Arrow book on Tan Books. Use my promo code RTF10 for a 10% discount. And then present this to your pastor. And he, if he's a holy person, he won't be able to say no. Uh, TM says, Vax is grave matter. Is it worth losing a job over uh, masks or not? Yeah, I agree with that. It's not worth losing your job over masks. Look, I'm not being unreasonable here. If you need to wear a mask for your job, I get it, okay? I'm not ta- I'm not saying we all need to indulge in mass unemployment and, again, create fake martyrdom and stand on some hill like die on a molehill. No, I want to die on, a f- on the field of battle. I don't want to create some molehill to die on. But we have to find ways to resist. And to the extent we normalize masking, if, we, if we're complicit with normalizing masking, that's where it becomes especially pernicious. And we can't wear masks in church. We just can't. We can't present our image and likeness to God obscured. How faithless and diabolical is that? All right, Eli's bringing me questions here. The VAX is mandatory for DOD members. What should they do? Can one submit on the mask and VAX if their job and means? Look, no, the mask is the hill to die. The the vaccine is the hill to die on. If you don't believe me, check out my video with Pam Acker. She will convince you that you can't take the vaccine. I think you should apply for a religious objection for, for, for the DOD. I've heard of some members of the DOD being able to obtain that. As of right now, it is not mandatory for the U.S. DOD so long as the vaccine is approved under the emergency order. Once it goes through all of its clinical trials, however, which could take a couple years, so you got a runway on this potentially, then it will become ne- uh, necessary. Alternatively, maybe you find a Navy corpsman who's willing to squirt that sucker in the trash and say that you did take it. Uh, Census Fidelium asks, yes, get multiple copies of Golden Arrow using this code and the Holy Man of Tours. That's okay, good. The, the, I, I wasn't sure if Holy Man of Tours was on TAN. Uh, Steve at Census Fidelium has confirmed they're both on TAN. Go to tanbooks.com. You can either use Census Fidelium's code, SF10, or you can use RTF10. doesn't matter to me. I need you to get those books, though, Holy Man of Tours and the Golden arrow looking for uh let's see this would be kennedy says this was better with the bearded guy i think you need to go back and uh, listen to my uh comments right now thanks i i wish you could have been here kennedy it was better the first the first go you know it's like that it's like when you when you try to recreate a magic moment you just can't kennedy was on here we were doing the interview kennedy hall at the fatima center author of family be damned and terror of demons he, uh, we had a great discussion going, ladies and gentlemen, we had like a 90 minute, it was just us having a conversation and you got to kind of view it and it was great. It was awesome. But Kennedy, I stole some of your stories and used them. I appropriated them, but I gave you attribution. 
Okay, it looks like there are no more questions. Thank you guys so much. Please do me a favor. Share this video with people. If you feel crazy, if you feel like you're alone in the universe and um and and you're and 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 you feel like Alice in Wonderland sometimes, right? And we've all had this feeling, especially as traditional as Catholics. We're not on board with so many things that the world is throwing at us. We're in discord with the world. We're supposed to be the steel ball that is in the stomach of the world that refuses to be digested. Well, the world is throwing a lot at us. And if you have felt like Alice in Wonderland and you've, and you've been looking for a video that at least summarize, I, I, this is incomprehensive. This is the best I can do in the time I have, but share this video, send it to your pastor, to your priest, to your vicar general, to your, to your bishop so that he can understand exactly why we trads are just not going to live in a false fake reality. God bless you. Thank you so much. Like the page, subscribe to the channel.